Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, your show host, and I'm Office Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the whole team at Engage, I want to welcome you to today's show. If you're joining us, our topic today is Digital Enhancement Security. Our guest will share with us more about what it is and why it's so crucial to your e-commerce business. Very excited to welcome our guest in just a moment. And a quick reminder that after today's show, or after our talk, I should say, I don't want you to go anywhere because every single show, we share a news or a tidbit, a trend, a really fun piece of what we call our Engage Digital News of the Week. So I'll be sharing that with you as well after our talk with today's guest. So don't go anywhere. If you're just joining us and you're not familiar with the Engage software platform or cloud-based, I should say, platform, you need to check us out. Engage gives you over 35 free forever tools that you can use to grow and scale your business. Our platform gives you sales, marketing, and support tools. And we've recently launched some wonderful programs for our subscribers. And we also offer optional services that you can add on to your Engage package. So check out our free forever engagement tools at engage.com. That's N-G-A-G-G-E.com. And after you've checked out all the tools, you know, peeked around at our platform to see all of the tools that we can that you can use to help you grow, check out engagelive.com. That is our newest program that we recently launched. And it's a way to help you launch your own live stream show, just like the one that we're doing here. We have two different options. We can teach you how to do everything so that you can launch your own live stream yourself, or we can do it for you. It's a great program and it's a great way to get you live streaming, which we all know is a critical piece of in the digital marketing era. So check out engagelive.com as well, N-G-A-G-G-E live.com after our show. Okay, without further ado, I'm very excited to welcome today's guest. Her name is Kathleen Booth and she's joining us from Baltimore, Maryland. If you don't know who Kathleen is, you need to. Kathleen is the Chief Marketing Officer at Clean.io, where she's on a mission to help e-commerce brands grow profits and make smarter marketing decisions by improving the effectiveness of their discount strategies. Prior to joining Clean.io, she spent 11 years as the founder and CEO of a digital marketing agency, where she advised hundreds of companies on the go-to market and digital strategies that would bring them the most success. So she's the perfect fit for our show. She is also the host of the long-running Inbound Success podcast, which features interviews with top-performing marketers, 
to surface actionable insights and was named one of the top 50 B2B marketing influencers by top rank. We're really excited to have her here. And fun fact, she's also a proud mom of eight chickens, two dogs, and there's a couple kids thrown in there as well. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Thank you for being our guest expert. Thanks for having me, Marissa. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, good. We're really excited to talk today because the topic is digital enhancement security. And we all know that as things grow, as things continue to transition and move, and certainly our world has now been forever changed due to the pandemic, the issue of security is a huge topic and it spans so many different levels and so many different platforms and places. So I'm excited for you to share more about digital enhancement security with us and our audience. Before we dive into today's topic, though, we'd love to know just a little a little bit more about the path that led you to your position now at Clean.io and uh, what you're doing there, along with, um, I don't know, a little bit more about your podcast as well. Sure. So I, as you mentioned, um, you know, I was a di- I was a digital marketing agency owner for eleven years. I co-founded an agency with my husband, and we grew that to be one of um, HubSpot's largest partners in the world at the time. Um, I sold that company in 2017 and went on to work in-house at a variety of venture capital-backed, kind of high-growth companies and in a number of different spaces. But really over my career, I've been privileged to work with companies in so many different industries. That's one of the great things about having an agency is you learn different industries, you get to to look under the hood and see how things work. And so um, I love e-commerce. I've worked with companies in that space for a long time. And and I love um, marketing to marketers and helping marketers be more successful in their jobs. I'm a marketer myself. I have been one my whole career. And so when I came to clean.io, that's one of the things I was really excited about is that, you know, we're, we exist to help um, in this case, marketers really get back control over some of the strategies they're using so that they can see better ROI. Um, and we do that in, in through digital engagement security and some of the products that we sell. And you asked about my podcast. Um, it's called the Inbound Success Podcast. I, it's been going for four years. So I have over 200 episodes where I interview top performing marketers who are getting great results. Uh, and the whole goal is to peel back the onion and really identify what it is they're doing that is driving those fantastic results and leave people who are listening with actionable takeaways. So I think we share that in common with with your show and my show. We do. And I have to apologize. It's earlier here for me than our usual showtime, which is great. But I said digital enhancement security like two times. So <laughs> thanks for correcting me. I meant digital engagement, but clearly I didn't have enough coffee this morning. I was going to say we all need another cup of coffee. I, today, <laughs> rainstorming here in Minnesota. How's your weather in Maryland today? Hot. It's going to be 110 degrees. (laughs) 110, I swear. So the East Coast, you guys have been going through a whole different ballgame. My family's there. Lots of rain this summer. Lots of heat here in the Midwest, or I guess Midwest is what we'll call where Minnesota is. So dry. It's hot, but very, very dry. You need to send some of the rain our way. Well, listen, (laughs) yes, I'm going to get another cup of coffee in me here shortly, but let's dive in to digital engagement security and let's let's give those of you who are tuning in visually a look at the show outline, our topic. Um, 
you know, what we're going to talk about. And for those of you listening on our podcast, I'll go ahead and read through today's show outline so you know some of the points that Kathleen's going to help us understand during our talk. And a quick reminder, our show is interactive. If you're watching live right now on LinkedIn Live, join us. Drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know where you're watching from. And if you have any questions for Kathleen, feel free to leave those questions in the comment section as well. We'll answer those live during our talk. Okay, digital engagement security. What is it and why is it crucial to your e-commerce business? First off, we're going to talk about why you don't really own your website and what you need to know about third-party code that operates on it. So that's going to be our first order of business. Then we're going to talk about how coupon extensions work and why they can actually damage your user experience, revenue, and brand. That sounds scary, Kathleen, so I'm excited to learn about that. We all want the optimized customer experience. We want lots of revenue, and we want a a brand that customers will remain loyal to. So excited to learn what not to do in that regard to coupon extensions. We'll talk about what impact blocking coupon extensions will have on your website conversions, cart abandonment, and average order value. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what e-commerce merchants should be doing now to get better control over their website. So incredible things we're going to talk about. Kathleen, to kick things off, let's talk about this first order of business, right? Which is why you don't really own your website, even though a lot of people think, hey, I built a website. It's mine. Let's dispel that rumor and and share with us what the reality is. Yeah, this is so interesting to me because as I said, I've been a marketer my whole career and and you're always told as a marketer, you own your website. I, I can't count how many times somebody has said that to me or how many times I've heard a marketer say that, you know, we don't own our Facebook page. We don't own our Twitter or our LinkedIn, but we own our websites. And to a certain extent, that is true. But But the way that the modern internet functions means that by necessity, in almost every single case, we have to allow third-party code into our websites. So, you know, my agency, we used to build websites. And if if you have ever, if you have a website for your business, you probably know, in, in most cases, you're building your website on what's called a content management system. Like you're choosing a platform, whether it's WordPress or um, you know, or a HubSpot or or Wix or Squarespace or whatever platform you're building your website on or Shopify, um, those platforms are all third party, right? That's not something you own or control. You might have a license to use it, but somebody else controls that. And so that's third party code that we're vetting and allowing into our site. And then on top of that, we layer other forms of third-party code that we also vet and allow in, in the form of apps and plugins and script, you know, so whether that's your, you know, your Google Analytics script or the app that you use to pipe your Instagram feed into your website, or, you know, the app that you use for live chat on your site, these are all third-party products that we're putting on our sites that we don't own and control. Um, And then there are the categories of third-party code that operate on our site that we haven't allowed in, that we haven't vetted, and that we have no control over. And the most common form of those comes via browser extensions. So we all use them. We all know them. I'm looking at my browser now as we're talking, and I can see I have 
tons of them, everything from, um, you know, I have a, a, a screenshot app that lets me take a picture of something on my, in my browser. I have a color picker so that I, I if I want to know what color the background is on our, on the stream that we're doing, I could drop the color picker in and find out the hex code. I have the Moz toolbar, which tells me, you know, the domain authority of different websites. It goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening has browser extensions. They may be different ones than I have, but we've all got them. Um, we, the users, vet those extensions and add them to our browsers. What I did not know as a marketer until recently, really, was that browser extensions, because they're added by a user into their browser, they have an elevated level of permission to operate on the websites that that user visits. So when somebody with a browser extension comes to my website, that browser extension is running a script on my site. That's usually how it works. So I mentioned the example of a color picker. If I want to drop an eyedropper into you know, an image on a website and know what the hex code, color code of that image is, mm-hmm. the only way the extension can know that is because it's running a script and looking at the backend code of that site. Now, most browser extensions are benign, but there are some that really kind of begin to get more intrusive. And as you said in the beginning, they affect the user experience, they can affect your brand, and they can affect your revenue. And that's really what what we're focused on. That sounds scary as if some of these browser, um, what are they called? Browser extensions. Extensions yeah. are almost like parasites, right? Like that. I have used the exact same word before to describe them. You have? <laughs> yeah. We're synchronistic here. Um, but that's exactly when you described it, what it sounds like. It may, it exists and maybe even exists under the guise that it's not doing anything or it's doing something helpful, but what it's really doing is, is damaging um, your website. So let me ask you then, can you give us some examples of what um, a browser extension that is doing damage could be doing? What are some of the things that these extensions can do? Sure. So there, I mean, there are two categories, I would say, of extensions that can do damage. There are extensions that are literally built by what we would call hackers who are using the extension for a nefarious purpose. And and that's one whole category that falls in under the umbrella of really cybersecurity, like classic cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Then there are the extensions that are not built for intentionally nefarious purposes. Um, they, they are built to help people in some way, shape or form, but they have negative side effects. And so an example of that is what we're focused on, which is coupon extensions. Most of us are familiar with them. Most of us have used them at one point or another. The two most famous ones are Honey and Capital One Shopping. Um, you know, you can put them into your browser and they seem so great because you go to an e-commerce website and you put a bunch of things in your shopping cart and all of a sudden they pop up in your browser at the last minute and they say, we've found 10 coupon codes that could save you money on what you've already put in your shopping cart. Would you like us to try them? And if I say yes, they will then auto inject those codes in the promo code field at checkout until they hopefully find a code that works and automatically save me money. Sounds great, right? 
Sounds like I want that right now for all shopping now and in the future, but I feel like there's a catch. Yes, yes, there is. And and so there's those types of extensions. And then Amazon has one called Amazon Assistant, where if you're shopping on a website and Amazon happens to sell the same or a similar product, it will pop up and say, hey, you can get it cheaper on Amazon. Again, mm -hmm. sounds great to shoppers, right? And shoppers love these extensions. Why would you not? But the dark side is really the impact that they have on the e-commerce merchant or the retailer whose website you're shopping on. And so there are a whole host of problems, but, but I'll just start with kind of what we began with, which is digital engagement security. You know, online retailers use coupon codes for a lot of things and they're great. They're a really important part of the marketing mix, but many of those codes are intended for limited audiences. So some of the more common examples that we see all the time are subscribe to our newsletter and we'll give you 10% off. Or, mm. hey, you're a VIP customer, so we're going to give you 25% off, a bigger discount because you've been loyal to us. And when, when retailers create those codes, they're intended for very, very specific things. So in the case of the newsletter, if I'm the retailer, I only want to give that 10% discount to somebody who's given me their email address. That's why mm -hmm. I've created that code. In the other case of the, the loyalty reward, I'm willing to give maybe a bigger discount because somebody has spent a lot of money with me. And I know that the discount is a reward and it will keep them coming back, right? There's, there's a calculus that happens on the back end with the retailer where they determine it's worth it to me to take this hit on my revenue for this segment of my audience, because I know I'm going to get something in return, whether it's an email address, a repeat purchase, what have you. So that calculus breaks when coupon extensions enter the picture, because the way they work is in their terms of service, when you add them to your browser, you are agreeing to allow them to scrape any codes that you manually type in to a promo code field at checkout. So if you are that VIP customer and you're going to purchase from a retailer that you love um, and they've sent you a special discount to reward you for spending a lot of money, when you go to their website, if you have one of these extensions in your browser and you type in the code that you were legitimately given by that retailer, that extension is going to scrape that. It's going to watch you type it in, take that code. It's going to put it in its own database and then every single person who uses the extension has access to it. That's A, incredible and smart on the part of the coupon code extension companies that created, obviously, the code to do that. But it also, to me, right away almost seems like it's an invasion of privacy and it's unethical. However, I'm sure it's all in the small print. So when you obviously accept or sign into the app or what have you, you're giving them permission to do that. Is that that's is, exactly right? So it's it's in their privacy policy, kind of you know it's part of the legalese. But when mm -hmm. you add that app to your your browser, you know it's not like you have the line item ability to say I agree to this, but I don't agree to that. You're getting it lock, stock, and barrel. And so if you use these extensions, every code you enter is subject to this. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said unethical. You know I don't know whether legally this is something that that should be allowed or not. I'm not a lawyer, but mm -hmm. I do know that um, that it seems really shady. And and there are there are a lot of like secondary effects that kick in that we can get more into. But 
But the story I love to tell that I think really brings home why this is unethical is that we see a lot of the codes on the back end that get shared through the extensions. And we'll see things like military hero 30, which ah. is a code that is obviously designed for somebody who served in our military. And in the real world, when you go out into the world and you pretend that you're in the military and you're really not, there's a term for that. And it's called stolen valor. Uh, so when we go online, you know, I would never walk into a restaurant and say, Hey, I would like 30% off my lunch because I'm in the army. If I was not really in the army, that's just, I think we can all agree it's wrong. And I hope nobody would do that. But when we use a coupon extension and we auto inject codes and we're not doing, you know, and we don't know where those codes have come from or who they're intended to that, that too, I think is questionable, you know, and in some cases it's, it's really kind of bad, depending upon what the codes are, because we've seen employee discount codes, we've seen wholesale codes, we've seen these military codes, you know, it goes on and on teacher codes, healthcare worker codes, I am none of those things. I am not not in the military. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a healthcare worker. And I'm not an employee of all these companies giving out discounts, nor do I buy wholesale from them. And so anytime I use those codes, I'm falsely um, representing yourself. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. And right. it's the kind of thing too, Kathleen, where of course times are hard, especially we've seen the economy really take kind of a dump in the last several months, right? As things are changing and yeah, we'd all love a 10% or 20% discount on our retail purchases. We all work so hard. We're all trying to stretch a dollar, but like you shared, Kathleen, if we knew that we were getting a discount because we were basically impersonating somebody from the military or like you said, a healthcare worker, you know, would some of us maybe say, you know what, I'll just pay full price. Like, it's not fair. I don't deserve that. So that, you know, puts a lot of, um, puts a lot of responsibility really on the coupon extension companies because we don't as the, you know, as the shopper, we may not know exactly what that code is. We may not know where it came from. We may not realize. And and I, I've never used one of these, you know, coupon code uh, companies. So I don't know. Do, do consumers see what the coupon code is or does that stay hidden for the protection of the coupon um, extension company? You can see it. But, but okay. honestly, most people, I think, don't pay attention because the way they work is the extension pops up and it, it doesn't list the codes in the beginning. It says, would you like us to try these codes? And mm -hmm. then it kind of like runs through them and it tests them and you can see it doing that. So you, if you're paying attention, you can see them. And of yeah. course, whatever winning code is chosen, ultimately, you'll be able to see that in your shopping cart. Okay. Um, okay. And so there is you know, there is an ability to see it, but oftentimes you might not know, like if it's a wholesale code, it might not be obvious that that's what it is. It could be, you know, the code could be written as the name of the wholesale vendor. So it's it's very hard to tell what's a code that I should use and what I what shouldn't. And unfortunately, the reason this problem exists is that the coupon extensions don't really give retailers a lot of control over, over what codes are shared. So for example, if I'm a retailer and I have a lot of coupon codes and some of them leak to an extension, you know, first of all, I have to, I have to figure that out that that's happened. And the way most retailers figure it out is they see these unexplainable spikes in redemption of codes and they're not tied to like a marketing campaign or, or an influencer post or something. They just happen out of nowhere. And okay. so when that happens, 
then the retailer needs to go and search all of these coupon sites, right? Because you don't know which one got your code. And there's something like 15 coupon extensions. So you have to go out and search them all, figure out where your codes are. And then you have to figure out how to get in touch with these companies and, and ask mm -hmm. them to take your codes down. Now, that is a massively time-consuming process. And I've talked to retailers who spend hours per week doing this because because it happens constantly, right? The issue though, is that once you do get in touch with somebody at these companies, sometimes they may agree to take the code down. But in many cases, what I've heard back from retailers is that they say, there's nothing we can do, but if you join our partner program, then you can have more control over the codes we share. Now, what that means if you join the program is they are an affiliate and then you are agreeing once you join to pay them a commission every time a customer Someone completes a uses sale. a code yeah. from their code bank on that website. That's right. Wow. So it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. No, you're damned if you don't, but you're really damned if you do. Actually. That's right. Because you're already like when these customers use leaked coupon codes to get yeah. discounts, you're taking a hit on your average order value. And our data shows that that's usually around a 10% hit. And then if you're paying a commission on top of that to a coupon affiliate, you're further eroding your profits. And then here's where it gets really scary. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. The, the worst. Scared. This is awful. This is I awful. Happening. And I feel like there's a big ethical um, obligation now for consumers to realize that when they're using these sites and these services that you're really watering down even further, you know, the market and really causing a lot of businesses to make little, if anything, on a lot of their sales. Yeah. For many e-commerce companies, margins are already very thin. So this is mm -hmm. a big deal. Um, where, where it gets truly devastating is then if, if the merchant is working with affiliates to market their product, a lot of times they do it through codes. So I, I, if you're my affiliate, I give you a code, you share that with your audience. Mm -hmm. And then presumably they come to my website, they buy something, they enter your code. That can go awry in two ways. One is some more kind of ill-intentioned affiliates can deliberately submit their codes to the extension in the hopes that the extension will share it. And then if they're if the affiliate is getting paid as a percentage of sales, their, their commission becomes dramatically overinflated and, and they're getting paid for sales they didn't drive. Um, Whoa, that's awful. Okay. Yep. Or, or then there's a way it can hurt the affiliate, which is if the affiliate legitimately sends business to the site, but the coupon extension has a coupon that's worth more than the affiliates, the affiliates person, the audience that comes in through the affiliate will come to your site. They will manually enter the code and then it will be overwritten by a more valuable one from the coupon extension. So if I'm an influencer, we talk a lot about the idea of being an influencer, right? Being, um, you know, creating a presence, using live stream, right? To become an influencer in your niche. A lot of people obviously use social media, Instagram, TikTok, um, to really boost their social media presence and, and really their influencer campaigns. If I'm a social influencer and I've got a code for a discount on a face product and it's 10% off if you shop my link. So Marissa10 is the code. If somebody in my audience sees the face cream I'm promoting, goes to the website, enters my discount code in, but is also a member of one of these coupon um, really companies or apps, I guess we can call them, 
and then runs the runs the gamut to see if there's a better code, ultimately I lose my opportunity to make my commission for that shopper because there may be a larger percentage offering out there that will automatically get injected and clear mine out. So I did all that work for nothing. That That's is exactly insane. right. And my mind you, is like, I know. Like, and if you think about it, you, wow. it means you can't, as a marketer, and as an e-commerce marketer, it means you can't trust your data anymore because when you're using codes, uh, most marketers use them to figure out what marketing channels are working. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, I know if that newsletter code gets used X number of times, I'm getting more subscribers to my newsletter. Or if that affiliate code gets used, oh, that affiliate's really working out. I should double down and partner more with them. And so like, if when this happens, it means you can't trust your attribution data. And it also means you might be investing in marketing channels that actually aren't working, but you wouldn't know it because your data isn't reliable. And so it, it really just makes the entire thing murky is the word I would use. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate to put this out there, but I can see people watching right now our live stream on Facebook. Many of you are watching on LinkedIn Live right now. Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Entrepreneurs. Our guest is Kathleen Booth. And I hate to do this, but for those of you watching, have any of you used coupon codes? Did you ever realize that when you use a coupon code or a coupon extension website that there's all this stuff happening in the background that they're actually getting the ability to take codes that you've used in the past and add them to their their stash did you realize that this was the culture and, and the way things worked because i certainly didn't and um it makes me certainly kathleen even question the idea of ever doing that because again as a, as a shopper as a consumer we all want the best price we don't want to pay more I know nowadays when I go to an in-person store, a, a brick and mortar store, I'm there with my phone. If I see something I love, I do occasionally do the, huh, can I get it cheaper online? Um, so I know I do that, which I think it, a lot of people do, but this takes the whole e-commerce world and kind of shakes it up. And as you said, most of these businesses that are e-commerce are already working with a very small margin to be competitive. And they're paying a ton of money, right, to maintain their site, to optimize it, to, you know, hire people to analyze the metrics. And now this kind of says, well, mm, the metrics might not even be accurate. The codes you're doing, the people you're working with that you think are working out, it may be this, all this other stuff happening in the background that's giving you the results that you're getting. This is, this kind of makes me upset a lot. I, that's crazy. This is like blowing my mind. Yeah, I get really charged up about this. Um, so yeah. I can understand how you're feeling. Um, yeah. you, you know, and and I always liken it to some some merchants say, oh, you know what? I'm willing to take the hit because I feel like coupon extensions are good for business. Like they bring more customers in. And hmm. I do think that you need, if you think that, you need to question your belief because because what's really happening if you think about it, is mm -hmm. most customers come in through other means. They're not coming through a coupon extension. The coupon extension pops up when they've already reached checkout. So they're getting to your site through some other channel. They're coming through your Facebook ad. They want or, your product. They right. heard about how great you are. So yeah. don't discredit yourself, right? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. They're coming yeah. through organic search. They're coming through your email marketing campaigns. There's a lot of different ways that they might, or your affiliates, they might be getting to your site. And then once they're on your site, they're browsing around, they're putting things in their cart, 
And it's at the very, very last step in the whole process. Once they've already added things to, the, to their cart and they're getting ready to hand over their money, that's when the extension pops up. And it's like, you know, the analogy is in the real world, if you had a brick and mortar store, and some of you might, right, you might have that end e-commerce. It's like somebody walking into your store, shopping, finding some things they love, coming up to your cash register, and you tell them how much their, their purchase is going to cost. And then someone runs in the front door and says, hey, here's a coupon for 10% off and hands it to them, right? As they're getting ready to give you their credit card. That's essentially what's happening. Like somebody did that in my store. I would be like, go, go outside. Like you're yeah. not a shopper. Don't come in here, you know? Wow. And so that's, that's the, the equivalent, but you know, and, and we've done some studies. We've um, run split tests on a number of e-commerce websites to find out what's the impact that this has on card abandonment? Like do people, mm -hmm. are people more likely to complete their purchase if they get coupons? And the answer is no, they're really not. Now, of course there are outliers and cases that, you know, it may be yes, but statistically it, it really has no effect on conversion. And, and I always like to explain it as when my dad's a realtor and, and when I went to buy houses, he always said, don't picture your furniture in the house. Cause at that point, you're going to lose all of your negotiating power because you, you're invested in making and mm -hmm. purchasing that house. It's the same thing with e-commerce. When somebody puts their items in the shopping cart, it's like picturing their furniture in the house. They mm -hmm. have emotionally invested in completing that purchase. And at that point, the coupon becomes a nice to have and not a need to have. Okay. So this all makes so much sense. Um, it seems obvious, but you're right. The minute you've put something in the cart, you've become emotionally attached to it. I definitely, the first thing I did when I was house shopping last year was imagine my furniture in every house and house <laughs> yeah. where it fit. I was like, absolutely. So you're right. You, you become emotionally attached. You become emotionally involved. Therefore, the rationale is out the door. And you're right. If you've put it in your cart, you're excited about it, especially with e-commerce. You're happy usually with the price as it is. You don't need that extra coupon. I know when I shop on Amazon, lately they've been offering these little boxes that you can check that says, hey, this is on a promotion. Do you want 10% off, right? This, yeah. like almost like it's on sale. I've already like seen the item. I've already clicked on it and it already fits my needs. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll definitely get it. Even though I was going to get it. I didn't need the $2.50 off. So I feel like it's kind of a similar scenario. Um, and also what's frightening, your analogy of somebody physically shopping in a brick and mortar store, getting to check out with their items, somebody walking in with that 10% coupon, even worse is the idea of the Amazon, um, what was the Amazon, Amazon assistant? Yeah. This the one. Idea of somebody walking in from the store next door saying, oh, I have all these items for less. Just leave it here. Walk 10 steps into my store and I'll give it to you for less. Marissa, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly the analogy I used to describe that. That's called customer journey hijacking. Oh, customer journey <laughs> hijacking. Yeah. Wow. But it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Like if somebody walked in your store, a competing retailer, and yeah. walked up to your cash register and pulled somebody away and say, said, come to my place, I'll give it to you cheaper, you would be furious. Oh, you'd probably call the authorities and yeah. be like, this person, need, I'm doing a restraining order against this business next door. They need to stay in their own store. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, if you're just joining us, we're talking about um, digital engagement security, uh, learning what it is and 
how it's crucial to your e-commerce business. So can you su sum up for us the definition of digital engagement security? And then let's just quickly kind of, you know, go over the coupon extension thing, just real quick, summarize that. And then let's talk about what we're doing to, to help e-commerce businesses not be a victim to that. So digital engagement security, how would you kind of sum up what that is in a nutshell? Sure. It's very simply, it's about protecting the points of digital engagement that we have with our customers, our prospective customers, and our users in the online world. So, you know, it used to be that that when we interacted with our customers, it would be in person, you know, whether they walked mm -hmm. into our store or our office or what have you. Um, and, and we're all in the same business, right? We're all selling trust at the end of the day. And you build trust through the quality of those engagements, through the environment you create. And now that we're entering into this world of e-commerce, the environment we've created as a website and the interactions we have are the way that user experiences with and interacts with our website. And so we need to protect that so we can we can build that relationship of trust. And that's where you know protecting your brand comes in. Uh, protecting the user experience. And ultimately, that is what protects your revenue is when you have control over that entire journey and you can provide that customer with a, a safe, streamlined and secure journey that is also safe, streamlined and secure for you as the retailer. So that's what digital engagement security is. And that makes sense. I This is very much in line too with the Engage platform because our platform gives consumers or not consumers, excuse me, our customers, we call them. So businesses, right? The tools they need to optimize their customer experience, like putting a chat box on their website, right? Or having a single inbox. So messages from social media, the website, the email can all go to one place and agents can have these great conversations with potential, you know, customers or prospects with, um, you know, with uh, relevance, right? And and um, th this is just so interesting. So digital engagement security is all about protecting really the engagement points between the consumer and yourself, obviously protecting the brand and uh, make, making sure that the experience is optimized. So our goals are very much similar, our platform goals and the idea yes. of this digital engagement security. This is good. It's all about optimizing the customer experience because that's, that's what exactly right. Do. Brand loyalty, right? Okay. So we learned that you don't really own your website. It's very important for you to realize that, that you don't own your website, especially if your website is through a third party like e-commerce or Shopify. And coupon extensions, obviously, as we've learned through our talk, can really damage not only your business brand, your revenue. Um, you can, you're already operating at margins that are minimal. So you can actually not just build a brand. I feel like you could almost go the opposite direction yeah. and start taking a hit or a loss on your business. So how do businesses protect themselves from coupon extensions? So there are a couple of ways. Um, I mean, I think there are, you know, the number one, you could just stop using coupon codes. I, I don't mm -hmm. recommend that. I feel like that's the nuclear option. <laughs> um, Ooh, okay. and, you know, and we all coupon codes are, are, are great. There are very good uses for them. They're a great way to reward your customers to, to incent certain purchase behavior. So I would say that's, that is an option, but it's not a very good one. Okay. The second, so don't ditch the coupon codes. Yeah. All right. The second option is as the manual fix, which is really watching like a hawk your coupon redemption data 
And kind of, I described this earlier, when you see unexplained spikes, searching the coupon databases to see where your codes have leaked, and then going directly to those coupon companies and appealing and asking them to take them down, you will probably get mixed results from that. They may or may not agree to do it, but that certainly is an option. So that's option two. And then option three is to use what I would call a defensive software, which is really what our product is. We have uh, we have an app called Clean Cart, which allows you to automatically block coupon extensions such as Honey and Capital One Shopping. Those are the two biggest from auto injecting codes at checkout. So your customers will still be able to type in promo codes, but they will not, the apps will not auto inject. And so in most cases, we've seen that that increases average order value by about 10% when you're able to stop that auto injection. I love it. So basically the parasites have arrived. They're trying to suck the blood and you are like, nope, we've got a shield. We're putting up a mask. You can't get through this barrier. We're protecting our clients, our, our, uh, our client's website, our client's e-commerce platform. That's exactly right. It's like, it's like I have two dogs. The fleas Ooh, and ticks, like you know, are still going to be around, but we're not going to let them get to get to our pets. <laughs> yeah, that's funny you say that. I just took my dog to the vet last week to re-up her prescription on <laughs> all her flea and tick for her year. And that's important, right? As a pet owner, we want to take care of our pets, right? We want our pets to be in good health. As an as a business owner, whether it's brick and mortar or e-commerce, or nowadays, some people have a mix of both. You want your business to be healthy and be working and living and breathing and, and having customer experiences that are in good health and that are healthy, not only for the customer, but your business. I think one of the biggest things too, that these coupon um, extension codes and, and companies have done is they've put this like expectation for the people that do use them, that they're never going to ever have to pay full price. That's right. Which is Unfortunately, again, it leads to this false expectation that we all now have that, oh, just because Amazon, sorry to mention Amazon, but, you know, just because they can get me something in two days, why can't this other, you know, small business owner who's hand making glass ornaments in Nebraska, why can't they get me my ornament in two days, right? Well, it's because they're a small business owner and maybe they create the the artwork to order, yeah. right? Maybe they don't have a stock of 90 glass Christmas ornaments that say Bob, right? Like you're making it personalized. So give them a minute, let them create the art for you. It's fragile. It has to ship differently. So it's, it's unfortunate, but a lot of these companies are really creating an awful, you know, consumer expectation um, that many businesses can't live up to. And, and in a way, well, is it survival of the fittest or is that just not fair? Right. I feel like in, in some ways it's just not fair. Um, so I think that almost, um, and, and I know you're on the same same kind of wavelength, in my mind, it makes me think, okay, well, that only makes me want to support this even more, right? And shop local, um, maybe not always support the companies that, you know, don't, you know, are making it hard for everybody out there, I guess. Yeah, we got to give our favorite retailers a fighting chance, right? Especially coming off of a global pan, well, coming off of or going back into a global yeah. pandemic, I never mm -hmm. know anymore. But like, our, our, you know, so many retailers are struggling right now. And for many of them, e-commerce is the lifeline mm -hmm. for them to stay afloat during these mm -hmm. challenging times. And, and if you want that retailer to still be around in a year or two years, when hopefully the world is 
completely back to normal, then right. yes, we need to support them and, and not gut them of their, you know, their only chance at making money. Agree. Hey, I thought of one other possible answer to, you know, helping companies with this issue. Tell me what you think about this. I know you said ending the coupons was not a good idea that you offer, obviously, like the guard dog software to help. What if uh, companies limited their codes so that the codes were never more than they were like willing to ever discount on their product? I don't think I formulated that question. No, right, I know exactly say, what you're asking. Yeah. It's like a their really max discount was 5% or 10%. So they knew even if everybody were to like use this discount code for a year, they're still, you know, making a profit. And it made yeah, it I think, and I think you, I think that's an option. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, where it doesn't work is like we have one customer who has a single website that's used by both retail and wholesale customers. And ah. so she gives out codes to her wholesale customers for them to get the trade discount and which is, you know, whatever it is, 20, 40%. Um, right. So that wouldn't work for somebody like her. Then other people have said to me, well, why don't you just use single use codes? Like a lot of companies are now turning to like, this code will only work once. And so when they print their you yes, know, they're I use mailer like to that. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. Wayfair does that. When you get a Wayfair mailer and it has a coupon, that that code is a one-time use code. Now mm -hmm. that's great for things like that application, but if you're working with affiliates, that doesn't work. They they right. need a code they can give out. If you're doing a podcast advertisement, like if I sat here and said use the code welcome ten, everybody's getting that. And so uh, there are definitely tricks like that that you can use to to help minimize the damage, but it's not going to completely eliminate it. The reality to contact Kathleen at Clean IO and get <laughs> her coupon extension code Guard Dogs on your business e-commerce property, right? To protect your business and to protect your brand. Wow. Okay. So my, if you're listening on the podcast and you can't see me make the gesture, like my brain literally just exploded. We are on show 33 of our of our biweekly live stream show. We are exploring a topic we have not yet talked about, which is digital engagement security. And I just learned more in this last 45 minutes together, Kathleen, on this topic I knew nothing about than I think any topic that we've we've explored so far on our series. So thank you so much for all of this very relevant digital marketing e-commerce um, information. I, I'm sure anybody listening right now and anybody listening in the future who has an e-commerce business is going to walk away with some some very obvious actionable takeaways which is to look at their data to you know if they are experiencing spikes if they're noticing a, a a trend that is unlike you know the past in terms of their coupon code redemption then they may be literally um a victim of the coupon the coupon code extension parasites that's right. Well, and thanks, Marissa, for giving me the chance to talk about this, because it's interesting if you, you know, if you search on search engines for information about this topic, there's a lot of content out there about why coupon extensions are great for shoppers. There's really almost nothing out there on what's really happening behind the scenes to businesses. And so I'm just excited to try to get the word out and have help e-commerce merchants uh, maybe look under the hood and, and investigate more whether these these things are good or they're bad for business. It's not for me to decide, it's for them, but hopefully they can go into that analysis more fully informed. 
Well, we all know in today's competitive marketplace, right? Everybody's trying to get the competitive advantage. We talk about with our platform, optimizing the customer experience is important, but obviously you want customers that are loyal to your brand because of their experience, not because some, you know, some bot, you know, is helping them to um, circumvent the process and they're just getting your product cheapest because of this you know, parasitic uh, kind of victimizing software. So, wow. That's right. Wow, you guys. Okay, well, if listen, if you'd like to connect with Kathleen, and of course, we want you to connect with our guests, please connect with her on her LinkedIn page and drop her a note um, to let her know that you heard her on the Engage podcast or watched her on the Engage live stream. And if you're interested in learning more about securing your website and preventing coupon extensions from auto-injecting discount codes, I'm going to share her website so that you can learn more in just a moment. To find her on LinkedIn, if you're listening via podcast, it's going to be Kathleen, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, Slattery, S-L-A-T-T-E-R-Y, Booth, B-O-O-T-H. So find her there on LinkedIn. And then Kathleen's website is www.clean.i-n-n-o. So clean.io. This has been such an eye-opening talk. I'm so glad we had you on as a guest. And I know that you are really passionate about helping your clients to obviously combat the uh, coupon extension companies. Are, are you seeing a, a rise in companies like this or are there a few you are? You're shaking your head. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the most I mentioned the two most famous ones, Honey and Capital One Shopping. Honey was purchased by PayPal for four billion with a B dollars. And Capital One Shopping used to be called Wikibuy until it was purchased by Capital One. And wow. so there's a ton of money behind behind growing the adoption of these tools. And, and what's happening is there are a lot of smaller startups that have seen what happened with Honey and Wikibuy and are chomping at their heels and really trying to gain market share. So there, there are probably 14 or 15 of them out there. Wow. Well, let me ask you one last question before I let you go. How do the coupon companies make a profit? Good question. So two things. Number one, there's a very famous saying that is, if you are not buying the product, you are the product. So as a coupon extension user, you are getting that coupon extension for free. So please understand that you are the product. And there is a reason that it is large payment processors like PayPal and Capital One that purchase these companies because they want your data on what you're buying, where you're buying it, how much you're spending, et cetera. Um, and oh, by the way, now Capital One's a great example. A lot of people have their bank account there. They have their credit card there. Now it's seeing your activity on all of these stores. If you're concerned about privacy, it's a big deal. So they make some money that way by essentially being able to like leverage and harness and sell the data. And secondly, they themselves are affiliates. So as I explained earlier, there are many merchants who will choose to partner with them. And then every time somebody completes a purchase, having used a coupon extension, those companies are paid a commission on that sale. So they have two different wow. revenue streams and I'm sure they're working on others that I don't even know about yet. So, right. And, and the privacy factor, I think for so many of us is a big deal. If you're listening to this podcast or you're watching our live stream replay, 
you might have chosen to watch it because it deals with the topic of security. So that's something to think about when you are shopping. And I think our takeaways too are just so simple. It, it is great. It's a great time, especially with the change in the world to support small business, to remember that yes, you do work hard. Every dollar matters, but hey, maybe it's not always worth pretending, right, to be a military veteran or a a service worker and taking advantage of, you know, discount codes that are meant for certain groups of people. And consider that some of your favorite retailers are maybe already working at such a small margin to provide the e-commerce opportunity to you. So maybe don't take advantage of that. And, you know, a few dollars in their pocket, you know, for every customer could mean, as Kathleen shared, the, you know, the survival, right? The survival avenue. Um, and you take those few dollars away per customer over time, over months, over years could mean that they don't actually make it in the e-commerce world down the line. And and then we're all out because we'll all lose our favorite retailers in that regard. So, wow. You said it better than I could have. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I still need that extra cup of coffee this morning. I'll tell <laughs> you, I'm happy the weekend is around the corner. Kathleen, I'm so glad that you could join us today. You were such a wonderful guest. Again, I, the smoke's kind of still coming out of my ears. You blew my mind today. And and we all are, are on this e-commerce wagon. We're all, in, and I know I don't know a single person who hasn't shopped online. Even some yeah. of the older generation through the pandemic got introduced to online shopping. So you really brought a lot of great points to the surface. And if you are an e-commerce business, please connect with Kathleen's company. Let her help you help make your company healthy, right? Build your brand, have the loyalty, increase your revenue. Let's increase your cart health by using the the great um, offerings that Clean.io can bring to your e-commerce business. So clean.io dot, or clean.io is her website. Check that out. And again, I can say thank you a million times and I won't do that because we're running out of time. But again, thank you, Kathleen, so much for being our guest. And uh, I'm going to hop into our Engage News of the Week and We hope to have you back on the show in the future. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. Thank you so much. You guys, wasn't Kathleen such an incredible wealth of knowledge? Did you have any idea that when you're using something like a coupon extension that it could have such a negative impact down the road or even immediately on your favorite e-commerce realtors, retailers? Gosh, I need that coffee this morning. Pretty incredible to learn. And if you are an e-commerce business, whether you're on Shopify or whether you have your own website that you do e-commerce business, you really need to think about the health of your digital engagement security. And please visit clean.io to learn more about what Kathleen's company can do for you. Okay, quick, before the weekend is here, I know it's Thursday. You're all so excited. If you're listening on the replay, I don't know what day it is, but after every live talk, I always bring to you our Engage News of the Week. This week, we're talking about how the corona pandemic has really transformed so many office workers into now remote workers and how that trend is going to continue even after, hopefully soon, the pandemic ends. So LinkedIn is hoping to capitalize on the new reality by developing a service for freelancers to find work. It's called Marketplaces. The new service will enable businesses to find, hire, and pay freelancers. Marketplaces, which is supposed to launch in September, will focus on jobs in fields like design, marketing, and software development. 
employers would be able to use the service to compare the rates of individual freelancers and the kind of work that they offer. Marketplaces is expected to replace ProFinder, a longtime LinkedIn feature that lets users post jobs and hire freelancers. But the new service takes things even a step further by letting users connect and facilitate deals directly on the site. So LinkedIn is considering taking a cut of the transaction on LinkedIn marketplaces as well as charging freelancers to post their own ads. Marketplaces pits LinkedIn against Upwork and Fiverr and is expected to blend features from both competitors. It's going to let businesses shop for freelancers and compare rates similar to Fiverr, while employers will be able to post their own proposals to freelancers, which is similar to Upwork. After the job is done, customers who hire freelancers can then post reviews about them. What do you think about that? That's our Engage News of the Week. If you're just joining us or you miss the show or have colleagues that would benefit from all of Kathleen's insights, maybe you have an e-commerce business, check out the Engage LinkedIn page where you where you will be able to see replays of today's show. You can find Engage on LinkedIn by typing N-G-A-G-G-E and looking for the colorful rainbow cog brand logo. So do connect with us on LinkedIn. There, we can also keep you updated on future shows and future guests as well. Please connect with myself on LinkedIn as well. I'm the Marissa Morgan, T-H-E-M-A-R-I-S-S-A-M-O-R-G-A-N. And if you have any show topic ideas or questions you'd like us to ask our guests, you can also email me at marissa.m at engage.com. Last but not least, I do want to invite you to check out our show library. We have compiled all of our past shows to this amazing show library, and you can find that at engage.com, N-G-A-G-G-E.com forward slash live dash dash show dash library. There you can see all of our previous shows and you can also connect with our guests directly on their LinkedIn pages as well. It has been a wonderful opportunity to be your host today. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Please remember to connect with myself on LinkedIn. Please go and follow our Engage company page. We're working very hard to continue to grow our following so we can broadcast our LinkedIn live show to our page. And please connect with our guest today, Kathleen Booth. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at LinkedIn, I want to thank you all so much for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, digital engagement security is crucial to growing a healthy business, especially if you are all e-commerce. And remember, you don't own your website, so make sure you do everything you can to keep your website healthy and check out clean.io to connect with Kathleen Booth's company for her help in doing so. You guys, it's been a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you here next Tuesday where our guest will be Chris Cheatham West. He is a Google presenter, award-winning author, and keynote speaker. He'll be here Tuesday, August 17th at 11 a.m. to talk about how entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized companies can use Google Analytics and key metrics to grow faster in 2021 and beyond. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you here next week. 
for our show on Google Analytics and how to use metrics to grow faster. Have a great day, everybody.